Hey, Money Bosses, welcome back. Roger Wallner and I are continuing our conversation about how you can set up a portfolio that not only makes you money, but also helps you achieve your financial goals. If you haven't watched for, uh, haven't watched our first session, please go back and check it out. We've covered some of the basic things anyone can do, whether you're starting out, you've made some progress along the way, or you're already getting closer to retirement. So there's a little, little check, check uh, box that everybody can check off and get things properly structured. Now here, we want to really dive in a little deeper and have a conversation about the three options of how anyone's portfolio can be managed. I'm sure there's more, but at least these are the three main ones Roger and I can discuss today so that you can start um, figuring out what makes the most sense for you. Roger, welcome back. So excited you, to have Anna. you here. Oh, Yay. thanks for having me. Totally. So let's get into it. We talked about the three options. Okay. So we can recap them. The first one was basically do it yourselfers, which I think a lot of people are, right? They right. accidentally became investors, right? And they've, they've somehow assembled accounts together and done things. So, and that's okay. You know, there's solutions for this, for this kind of investor out there. So a second type of investors would be investors also that, that are probably do it yourselfers, but at some point they've got involved um, and, and really um, dove in deeper into the technology and then they utilize some of those options um, as well to help them you know streamline all of the you know all of the decisions and things like that. We call those robot you know we call the solution for those types of invest investors or robo advisors right or a technology that allows you not only have the that piece but also perhaps have a, a live person. And then of course the traditional or the most traditional way right that I think still a lot of people think is not accessible to them would be to hire a professional money manager who makes a lot of decisions for you, right? So yeah. let's kind of go through each of these options and talk a little bit about pros and cons, right? Maybe there's pro, you know, fees associated with each option. And, and so that I want folks to understand because there's solution for everybody and there's no need for you to struggle and, and not make really good decisions because that's what we're all about here. Option. You froze up again. I'm sorry. I didn't catch the last thing you said. I was going to say, let's start with do-it-yourself option and, and just kind of go through and, and highlight pros and cons um, for, for that type of investor. Yeah, I mean, do-it-yourself is a perfectly valid way to do it. But the key is you have to be comfortable and you have to take the time to make yourself knowledgeable about investing, about financial planning, and you have to step back and be able to you know, articulate your goals and your objectives for investing to yourself. Um, and it sounds easy, but it isn't always. So, and the other part of it is um, whether you're, it's, you're doing it yourself for investing or anything else, you have to be objective and you have to be able to say to yourself, yeah, I think I'm doing a good job or I'm not doing such a good job. So, I mean, I think those are the things, but again, you know, the, if you're, if you enjoy investing, if you enjoy learning about, you know, investment options, you know, personal finance, do it yourself may not be a bad way to go. Um, certainly the, the fees are, are, are okay. Um, you know, um, and you know, so one of the, some of the drawbacks may be that you may not have access to better lower cost investments by doing it yourself, you know, there's often, you know, uh, certain account minimums that you have to have 
and things like that, that maybe, you know, you might be able to access through one of the other types of um, advising that we talked about. Um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not comfortable doing it and money intimidates you, maybe this isn't the way for you to go either. And again, that's not good or bad. It's just, you know, we all have different things that we are comfortable with that we're good at and that we enjoy doing. Um, I know a lot of people who love managing their own finances, but again, I, and I said this before, and I don't mean to repeat myself, you have to be honest with yourself. And if you find that you're doing it, if you're going the do it yourself or route for a while and you're getting, you know, results that are not meeting your expectations or meeting your needs, you have to say, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not my own best investment advisor. Maybe I had to look at one of the other options. I think I, I think I really like that that highlight, Roger, that you said you have to be honest with yourself because in in all of us, whether it's you know making decisions um, about investing or you know how to keep our diet together or like keep exactly. the exercise schedule, kind of be honest. And it is so hard to be objective with yourself. Like exactly. So exactly. it's like looking in the mirror and saying like, okay, is that really me? Is that like, am I really going to follow through and do these things? Um, and I, I think it's it's just the nature of human behavior that gets exactly. us in trouble. <laughs> exactly, Anna. A lot of a, a lot of what we do as advisors is is managing that behavior more than <laughs> managing the accounts, right? Um, or you know, for those who do manage the accounts, um, I wanted to maybe ch uh, chat a little bit about. Um, the type of the type or the way you can invest uh, invest accounts, right? You can have these do-it-yourself options or prof even professionally, but there's something called passive investing versus active. Let's clarify that for folks. Well, passive, um, you know, is often associated with something I think most people have heard of called index funds. And an index fund will track um, typically uh, a broad market index of some sort, whether it's in stocks or bonds. Um, you know, many people, and you probably have these as an option in your 401k plan, you'll see an index 500 fund. And typically that is a mutual fund that is invests roughly almost, almost exactly in the, in the uh, S&P 500 index, which is a broad stock market index. And the fund will attempt to do, to replicate the performance of the index. It won't try to do better. It won't try to do worse. The advantage is a couple, the advantage of, of, uh, of passive investing is typically these funds are very low cost. Um, most people, most active managers don't actually beat the market, um, and they charge you a higher fee for, you know, subpar performance in some cases. Not all. There are some very good active managers, um, and it. You know, so so that can be a good thing. Now, there's a couple things here. You know, you have to look at the index. You know, there's a there's been, as you know, Anna, a proliferation of index funds recently. So some of them follow questionable indexes, if you will. But um, it, it's a very good way to to invest. Now, one problem that we've seen lately, and I don't mean to get overly technical with it, when especially with the S and P 500, is with technology stocks doing so well. These, these, the stocks in the index are weighted based on their market value. So a lot of the larger market value stocks in the S&P 500 and with other indexes, you know, like total stock market indexes and other things, 
are, you know, the Apples, the Facebooks, the Microsofts, the Amazons, they have an inordinate um, influence on the performance of the index. So that's one of the downsides. Yeah, for sure. I think some of the, and to kind of clarify for folks like, and you may hear this too, like some of the providers of indexes that, that, that Roger was describing, like the, the, the one that's, you know, out there, there's Vanguard, there's Schwab, right? These exactly. are the most common ones. Um, I know for like, I mean, popular, popular custodians that not only offer a platform to host your accounts, but they also offer like Vanguard is the manufacturer of their own indexes. Schwab is too. Um, Fidelity is not, but they have, well, actually, no, I'm, I take it back. They, I think everybody yeah. makes, uh, they didn't used to, but they used to, that, at least in my mind from years ago, they still used to be more of the active managers because they have active man, actively managed funds as well. So they're kind right, of right, right. a mix of things. But when you kind of looking around, um, you know, in the space, like this is where you go. And so, okay, so yeah. we, 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 we talked about passive. Give, her, give an example of an active uh, active uh, fund, mutual fund. You mean like a, a name of one? No, or, or maybe explain what an active, uh, actively managed fund. Uh, well, an actively managed fund is one where the manager makes decisions that I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy more of this stock and I'm not gonna invest in this stock or something like that. They make they make um, active decisions about what to include and what not to include in the portfolio, versus yeah. a passive fund will include the stocks that are, are included in the index that they're following. Yes, so, and therefore that costs more money, right? Exactly, exactly. Typically um, mutual funds that are actively managed um, are gonna cost you more internal fees. So there's, there's layers of fees that once you get into the investing space, um, exactly. there's a fees, you pay internal fees to own the fund and then you also could pay a fees either for someone to give you advice, as we talked in the first session, for someone exactly. to give you advice on, on how to set up everything or for someone to actually manage. So they're called management fees. So exactly. how, uh, if we transition to robo-advisors, the robo-advisors are basically um, online platforms, right, that incorporate technology that streamlines a lot of this, you know, backend process because it's involved right opening accounts and doing trades and things like that so um let's kind of my understanding of most of the robo advisors is many of them use uh, etfs or you know exchange traded funds which are typically low-cost index funds mm -hmm. and so you're, you're investing your fees for the investment funds are very low and then they will typically charge you some sort of management fee um a lot of them are you know 20 uh point two, five percent, 25 basis points. Yeah, and they're all over the board. They will charge you that fee on top of that to invest your money based on, on you know, their algorithm, which is, you know, a computer program. And then that, the, the exact way they invest your money will be triggered based on the data that you provide them about yourself, your age, your risk tolerance, your goals, all those types of things. So it can be a very low cost way to invest. Yeah, and especially if you're starting out, like if you feel like you're not quite ready to dive into, you know, full-blown relationship or as our industry really has these limits, right? There's limits on or, you know, minimums you have to meet, like exactly. how much in your account for somebody to, uh, right, to manage it for you. So it's like a great way to step into the space and say, okay, absolutely, you know, 
I'm, I'm not paying a ton of money for it to be managed. It's still professionally managed. It's, you know, it's all regulated and there's a lot of that in place. It's not, you know, a wishy-washy kind of a process. Um, Those robo-advisors are typically, they're registered investment advisors, just like the people you're dealing with as a human advisor would be. Correct. So they're all regulated by all the, exactly the same rules and laws exactly. that we have to abide by when we um, facing clients. So it's a great starting point. And actually, I think a lot of, I have clients, especially here in the Bay Area, a lot of, you know, folks who are in the, in, the, in tech, you know, they're more trust, trustworthy of that versus, you know, someone who, um, you know, may need a little bit more handholding. So like the exactly. one of the, you know, one of the disadvantages of that kind of an option, right, is that you may not necessarily have a dedicated one-on-one -on -one relationship with someone, right? Because every time you would call them or you'll have to chat with somebody. So there's there's probably that. I'm sure you still get your answers to your question. Not like they're gonna right. leave you. But it's right, not, exactly. not as um, as a personal kind of a service. So that leads us to the to the third option, which is a traditional way how our industry has been uh, has been doing um, you know or has been offering solutions for portfolio management, that would be more of a, we call them professional money managers or one-on-one -on -one relationship with a firm or with an advisor. So let's kind of compare and contrast pros and cons for this, for this option. Well, you know, if you're working with, with a, a human advisor who is, is you know, going to be looking at your situation um, and giving you one-on-one -on -one advice, you know, that's a good thing because they'll get to, you know, they'll get to know you um, and they will, you know, work with you either whether you work with them, you know, in their office or, or by Zoom call or phone or however you do it. And there's so many different ways to do it today, but they're going to be looking at your situation as an individual and providing advice that is, you know, exclusive to you based on your conversations, based on information you supply them. And they will typically charge a fee. Their fee might be a percent, a percentage of the money they're investing for you, in other words, uh, at, it's known as AUM or assets under management. It may be some sort of an hourly fee. It may be a flat retainer fee that's paid monthly or quarterly, or maybe some other arrangement. Um, and um, so there's that cost. And then there's going to be the cost of the uh, investments that they put you in for, you know, especially if they're mutual funds or ETFs. Um, there could be, you know, there's going to be expense ratios. On those, and if they if they use, you know, and many advisors use passive passive index funds, um, and so that's pretty common. And you're paying them for the, you know, how they divvy, you know, how they section out your investment pie, if you will, how they allocate your assets. So, um, and then you know, many of these advisors will also advise you on on non-investment type things, um, you know, various financial planning things, you know, planning for retirement, setting up, you know, an estate plan, even if it's a simple will. Um, maybe some tax planning over the course of the year, whatever the case may be. So you have to evaluate the value of their fees plus the cost of the investments that they're putting you in. Yeah, so it, it, it does, the spectrum does vary, but a lot of times these, these engagements kind of start with, okay, I want my portfolio managed and so what else is there? Yeah. So you kind of have to um, look into and, and understand what the, what the options are. But at least with this solution, right, you really are having somebody be in your corner, help you not only, you know, advise you and give you guidance, but also help you make decisions. And exactly. for you. so like, those are the, like the, the, the real benefits of someone who doesn't have the time and, you know, doesn't know how to do it or doesn't want to do it. Like there's, 
there's there's that option. Now, of course, out of the three that we described, that one probably costs the most, right? Because you have a real- It can. Problem. I mean- It can, yeah. but not always. You know, I mean, it really depends on, it's certainly um, as you, again, volume discounts, if you will, if you had the more money you had to invest with an advisor, typically, you know, especially if they're, they're doing it based on a percentage of assets, um, it may, it, it's cheaper, the bigger you are, I guess, as a client, but there's something else, you know, cost is not just what you pay out of pocket, but cost can be, um, in terms of, you know, lost benefits or if you will. And what I'm trying to say there is, um, too much going on here, <laughs> um, um, lost benefits. So in other words, opportunity cost might be a way to put it. So in other words, if you are working with a robo advisor or you're doing it yourself, you know, you may not see something that a human advisor would see in your situation. Mm -hmm. And if they call to your attention and it either saves you money or gives you the option to invest differently where you make some more money, you know, you may have missed that opportunity if you were using one of the other two options. And I'm not saying that I'm not trying to steer anybody listening to go one way or the other. It's just, you have to think through all of the aspects of it because cost isn't always just, you know, out of pocket cost. Yeah. No, and you, cost is also something, and especially if you're working with a human advisor, not only should you ask, but you, and if they, if they, if you should insist that they outline every, everything that they're going to make off of working their relationship with you, how are they going to be paid? you know, and how much will they be paid based on their relationship with you? And again, um, not to be overly dramatic, but if an advisor hems or haws or won't give you the information, that's not the advisor for you, period. I would yeah. say some other things, but this is a family-friendly uh, 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 broadcast, I think. <laughs> yes, no, I agree, I agree. So I, I like that we've um, had some time to dive in deeper um, if folks want to connect with you, um, what would be the best way? Um, well, they can check out my, my, my blog, which is the financial, the Chicago financial planner. And it's the Chicago financial planner.com is the URL. Um, they can find me on Twitter at R Walner, R W O H L N E R, or they can find me, uh, on LinkedIn. And my name, my full name is Roger Walner, W O H L N E R. And, um, anybody has questions, I'm, please feel free to reach out and I'd be glad to help in any way I can. Yes, totally awesome. And we'll again include the links um, to how you guys can uh, can get in touch with Roger under this video. Thank you so much again for your time. This, this, this has been fantastic. And um, yeah, we're uh, looking forward to making sure that everybody makes proper moves when it comes to their portfolio. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. Totally important. Thank you.